Hello, welcome to another episode of Just Cuz, the podcast where two cousins talk about things they love. Just Cuz. I'm Sasha, he's Max, and today we are talking about Blue Beetle. Officially the first entry into the new DC universe, I think, I guess. I don't... Is it? Is it though? It... Okay. Is it really? We have not talked about this movie as we do most movies on this podcast, we, we but we try not to talk to each other at all. Mm -hmm. But I feel no, like we kidding. both have the sen <laughs> the same sense about this movie, and that is that yeah. this is a pretty good movie for the early two thousands. That's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, this would have been a great movie if it came out twenty years ago. <laughs> so, Jaime Reyes, the character, you know, the, the protagonist of this movie, he was created in 2006, and that is a perfect time for this movie to come out. Yes. Yes, it is. I just think, you know, it was a very by-the-books, by-the-numbers superhero origin movie. Um, I don't think audiences are really coming out for that kind of story the way that they used to. No. It's and not... As interesting. I'm honestly anymore. not even sure if this movie wasn't so cookie cutter, would it still have bombed? I'm not sure. I have no idea. I don't know. I mean, I know that it opened this weekend. I went to see it today, which is a Monday, and there were maybe 10 people in the theater, probably less, in a huge theater. Mm -hmm. <laughs> okay? And... It was just, I, it, there are so many things that just didn't work for me. And I feel bad because I really wanted this movie to work. I really did. And I like the concept of Blue Beetle as a character. And I like the idea for this movie. But I just, the humor didn't work for me. The plot didn't work for me. The villain didn't work for me. We're going to get into it. But <laughs> there are some things that did work for me. I thought the villain was pretty good there's one aspect that i thought they should have done more but there's there's definitely a few things that i liked i'm I, i'm not completely hating on this movie i thought the performances were all good i really obviously um uh damn what's her name i love her um the the villain the oh. frick what's her name <laughs> what what is her name she's she's she was in enchanted and she was in a million other things what and is her i name? literally was thinking susan sarandon that's oh, okay. it susan yeah. sarandon yeah. i love susan sarandon and she was so good and um she was you know giving it her all and harvey last i don't remember last names but harvey <laughs> from uh who plays guillermo in uh what we do in the shadows the, the, the he was tv great. show he's also yeah. um perito Yes, he's also Perito in um, Puss in Boots, too. Mm. Amazing, amazing, life-changing movie. Um, he, you know, he's in tons of stuff, and I'm currently watching the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. So good uh, in that. And he was great in this movie. Um, the more main characters, you know, George Lopez, great. I always oh, love yeah. to see George Lopez. I was going to say, his comedy is pretty good. I mean, it's he, t <laughs> he tells a lot of jokes and not all of them land, but there's enough of them that it works. I I disagree. I think his delivery is the only thing that works about his Jones. Oh. <laughs> um, but you know, all the, all the acting was good. I really liked the sister. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I, I thought the sister and, was annoying, but they were trying to make her annoying. So it... yeah, I think she was a good actress, especially in the the heavier scenes. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought Jaime was good. I thought oh. the girlfriend. What was her name? I don't remember. I thought she was good. I got the cast um, list here, and I'm going to do my best to pronounce their names. But um, Jaime Reyes, um, the main actor, he's from Cobra Kai. Zolo Mer Meriduena. Oh, God. I'm okay. sorry, man. I'm let me, sorry. Let me pull it up. Let me pull it up. Let me see. I was also going to name the dad. I thought that everything about his story was not only cookie cutter, but I could see it coming from a mile away. That being said, yeah. it, it was it was good. Like the actors it, did their job. No, the actors really sold um what was happening, but the plot beats themselves again, they just they didn't work for me. It was so 
predictable. I knew exactly what was going to happen. And then when it started happening, I was like, oh, no, don't do this. I'm so tired of seeing this. And again, I feel bad. Like, I don't like saying bad things about movies. I like movies. Mm. And we have plenty of good things to say about Blue Beetle. But I feel like the consensus is going to be we're negative at worst, but at best constructive criticism. And we even had the conversation of maybe we don't review this because, you know, we started the podcast hoping to be positive and talking positively about movies and things we love. But we also reviewed The Flash, and I feel like it is necessary to talk about constructive criticism. It is, but The Flash is fun to hate on because it was so bad. This one had potential. Like, it had it, and I could see it, and the second that the movie started, I was like, I wish that this was directed by James Gunn <laughs> or at least had James Gunn's influence because I could tell what they were going for right from the beginning. But from the first scene with, with Jaime in the airport meeting his family, I was like, no, no. It's just a lot of the dialogue didn't work for me. There's not too much in that scene that didn't work for me. I'm more thinking of... Jaime meeting his family and then he learns that his dad had a heart attack and he's like hey why didn't you yeah. like it kind of worked it was very heavy on the exposition letting yeah. everyone know what the new status quo of the family is it just it felt like mm, it felt like reading an outline felt like this is the introduction scene this is the this is the status quo scene this is the exposition scene blah 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 you know and I felt uh, it's like, this is the time for an emotional scene. This is the time to show how much he loves his family. And I'm just like, I I'm getting ahead of myself, but my girlfriend and I had a lot of fun, again, in the theater because there was basically no one else there. I think there was maybe two more people in the theater that we were at, but we had a lot of fun quoting the movie before it happened because it was so yeah. predictable. <laughs> like, if, if that gives you a sense of what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. I knew, I knew lines before that mm -hmm. they would happen, before they <laughs> happened. I knew exactly what people are going to say. It was like, oh, my mom died. Oh, my dad died. Oh, blah, blah, Like, I, I it was blah, 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 because it was just, there was it, too it was much blah, of the blah, same. It was blah, blah, blah. It was the um, peanuts trombone for every adult. Just blah, 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 blah. <laughs> But I mean, it it was in the trailer, but the line, my family is what makes me strong. Is what makes me strong. Like, I get what you're going for. And the themes are there. And if they were touched on a little more subtly, I think this would have been a truly incredible movie. But, you know, it's just not subtle enough. Yeah. You know what I think one of my biggest problems was, and I was thinking about this while watching it, was that um, the movie doesn't know how to toe the line between comedic and heartfelt and it undercuts every single one of its heartfelt scenes which they're cheesy yes and they're predictable yes but they have them and they do make you feel emotion because the actors are very good and um it undercuts every single one of them with a stupid joke that doesn't land and isn't funny and the comedic parts of the movie it's really the tone and the pacing that it, it feels off. Like the one that's coming to my mind the most is when there are literal soldiers coming to the Reyes's house to find Jaime, to arrest him. And they, they draw such specific parallels to ICE agents rounding up um, uh, undocumented families and it is very clear that that's what they're doing. And then they immediately cut to a scene of Jaime trying to fly. And it is so tonally whiplash. It's it is jarring. ridiculous. And it's not it's just jarring, jarring because they have no subtlety in their ice metaphor, which, again, right. another fantastic theme that they could have put in the movie, but they had to shove it down our throats. And then, mm -hmm. yeah, they cut straight to Jaime trying to fly and then his uncle's just like, what if you just jumped off the building? And he's like, oh, that could work. Like, It's just like the entire scene from the trailer. And first yeah. of all, 
we talked about this in a different video, but you know this entire movie going mm -hmm. in because this trailer showed you absolutely everything that happens. There were no surprises. Um, the only thing that I think the trailer didn't show you was the dad dying, um, mm. which and also was Ted incredibly Cord, predictable. Which yeah. I really want to talk about Ted Cord later, but they didn't show that in the trailer, and I'm glad they didn't show that because in the that trailer. is the one thing that I didn't know about this movie going in. Literally everything else, like the yeah. the final action shot of the movie where Blue Beetle is jumping from the explosion to the ship, that's in the trailer. Yeah, it's in the trailer. Literally <laughs> like, the last frame of the combat in this movie. That's like, crazy. You don't want to take lessons from The Amazing Spider-Man 2, which the last shot of the movie was literally in the trailer. <laughs> Yeah, what a disappointing... Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started on The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man 2. But that was, yeah, the whole movie, you're sitting there, oh, when's, when's, when are we going to see Rhino? When are we going to see Rhino? <laughs> Until the last fucking second. But I mean, with, with Blue Beetle, I came in and I wrote a whole freaking thesis essay about subtlety and why this movie just needed to be subtle and it needed to be less predictable. And then I thought of a very simple movie called Paddington, which is the most predictable movie you have ever seen. You know exactly mm -hmm. what scene is coming as it's, you know, about to happen, and it still works. So I think predictability isn't the problem here or subtlety. I agree. There are tons of things that are predictable. You know what? Mm -hmm. You want to know something? I watched last night I watched uh, Memento for the first time. Fucking great. <laughs> Freaking awesome movie. So good. I've known, I, I obviously knew what it was mm. about. I didn't know the twists and stuff, but I knew what it was about. Um, I actually, funnily enough, I knew what I know about the, what I knew about the movie previously from a huge video essay that I watched on fridging, <laughs> which, <laughs> yeah. That movie takes the cake. Um, oh, yeah. Excellent, ex excellent example <laughs> of fridging. Um, but I didn't know the twist, but I was watching it. And even though it's the movie can be hard to follow and the movie is, mm -hmm. you know, expertly woven together, there's lots of things in that movie that are predictable. You can, you know what, you know someone's getting tricked, you know someone's getting fucked over. Mm -hmm. But... That did not take away my enjoyment. And no. maybe that's not the best metaphor or best thing to compare Blue Beetle with, but <laughs> it's yeah. just fresh in my mind. We we but referenced there's... that in our Oppenheimer review because it kind of drew inspiration for the structure. But yeah. But I mean, just anything can be predictable and it can absolutely exactly. work because it can still hit you right in the feels. Especially like so many if you things know are predictable. Yeah. So many things are predictable. You know what's predictable? Uh, the never-ending story. I'm sorry. <laughs> Atreyu, the horse dying in a never-ending story, that's predictable. And it still kills you. <laughs> it still makes you want to die. Okay? With um, In Guardians <laughs> of the Galaxy 3, Lila, Teefs, and Floor, they introduce yeah. those characters and you know they're going to die. And it still you works. Know. Like things can absolutely work if they're not subtle. But I... And maybe that's what we need to talk about in this review is get to the bottom of why Blue Beetle didn't work to make sure that this doesn't happen again. Because I do love the well, character of Jaime Reyes. And I love the main, uh, the, God, Zolo's, I was about to try to say his last name again, but Zolo's portrayal of Jaime Reyes. I think he's charismatic, mm -hmm. but this movie, I don't know. I think it's like... Obviously, there's nothing that we can do to stop these <laughs> no. things from happening. But there's definitely, like I was saying, like, it's the, like, plots like this can work, okay? This is a basic uh, origin story superhero film. It has the same mm -hmm. exact plot beats as it, the first Captain It's worked Iron a Man billion movie, times. As the first Captain America movie. As any superhero movie that you could possibly think of that has not bombed that has been a great movie that people mm -hmm. love and the problem is not the the story the problem is the way that the story is told it is the problem is the dialogue the problem is the pacing and the problem is the editing <laughs> the editing drove me nuts because it was really you could tell that they were trying 
to make it uh, unique. There were, there were lots of one takes and lots of pan shots and lots of fun, you know, twisting of the cameras and handheld moments, but it was, none of it was coherent and there were lots of, that's the, that's cinematography, but mm. the, in the editing, there were lots of like shots that like lingered for way too long and there were pans that took way too long. And by the time you got there, you already knew what the joke was going to be. So it wasn't funny. And there was, it's just... It was not a fun time. I don't know if now is a good time to get into it, but I really do want to talk about the so-so-ness of the whole movie and the way that for every negative that we have to say, there is an exception. Like Even you were talking about the panning shots. I was going to talk about how just so-so the camera work and blocking and editing is, except for... Mm -hmm. A couple exceptions like I I liked the first fight between him and Omek or the indestructible man is his name in the comics I don't think mm -hmm. he was ever given that name but and I also liked the uh, first flight that Jamie has when he goes out into the Jaime uh, Jaime Jaime, oh my god. You're the white woman from the from the I was office gonna, building. How I was dare gonna make you? a joke about that, about how that was a really good like not just joke, but also comment on how a bunch of people try to really? make him I more white. I didn't think it was. I thought okay, because oh see, I have okay. I have experience with, with people like doing that. Like mm -hmm. I have a friend who's called um Jimenez and people see their name written down as uh Jimenez or whatever right <laughs> but it's um the thing was he told her his name like he said it like he didn't write his name down it wasn't on a sheet of paper she didn't read it so he said Jaime and then she and then, said Jamie like <laughs> I thought again I don't the I don't idea know of it was great but it, yeah it should have been she read Jaime, and then pronounced it Jamie. Right. Because, oh, I just, okay, maybe I'm not the best person to comment on this. I am not, I've never experienced this kind of bigotry. I am not <laughs> Mexican. But <laughs> um, there were so many points, like especially with Susan Sarandon's character in this movie, where the like the bigotry and the racism that is shown seems so much like just bigotry and racism understood by a big, huge studio that's trying not to actually show the way that people are bigoted and racist like their studio. <laughs> because, you know, all of those people up there in the big chairs making those decisions, all of them have biases. Everyone has biases, but... You know, they're the big suits. They are the people who look at a name and read it as, not as Jaime, but as Jamie, right? Mm -hmm. And it just felt like such a corporate whitewash, basically, of racist attitudes towards community. That's what it felt like for me. I don't know. Um, and especially was... like we were talking about before with the ice allegory, like it was so in your face and it's like, yeah, we get it. it, it there was definitely just like like the in your faceness felt studio noted or just studio needed because it I mean, the director, um, Angel Manuel Sato, I, I had faith that he could make a very good family drama. And I still do think similar to The Flash, at the heart of this movie is a good family drama, but not very similar to The Flash. Blue Beetle is just so cookie cutter, like I've been saying over and over again, because it just, it's just one point to another, and you know exactly where you're going, and mm -hmm. I wish that it did touch so much more on the ice stuff like if you're gonna have that kind of metaphor take your time with it don't do what they yeah, did i just think i just think like 
Not that the in-your-face aspect of it was bad, because that kind of stuff, it needs to be in people's faces. Because as we've learned from, you know, the reaction from other movies like Barbie or like, <laughs> you know, other things. I'm sure there are others. <laughs> but people don't understand subtlety. Some people are dumb. And some people don't understand metaphors and subtlety and allegory. But... The, it's not it's not the fact that it was in your face it's the fact that they did it in a way that does a disservice to these actual stories in my opinion mm, because it was all to tell a fun teenage superhero story like everything it, was supposed to go into that fun vibe and it, it it just didn't yeah they were they were constantly undercutting it with badly written humor and the fact that they were constantly, um, I don't even, I can't even, I can't even put it into words. I don't even, <laughs> oh. <laughs> this, this is what the movie has done to us. <laughs> <laughs> I just saw it like literally <laughs> 10 minutes ago <laughs> and it made me wait for, for an end credit scene that was so not worth it. I was really upset that I waited for that. Yeah, no. Because I looked it up. I looked it up and I said, is there an end credit scene? And Google was like, there are two end credit scenes. And I was like, okay, I'll wait. The <sighs> first one was nice. I mean, yeah. I wanted to see Ted Cord, And I'm not, I tried to look up anything about who voiced him in that after credit scene, but I haven't seen anything. Do you want to talk about Ted Cord for a little bit just to get a little positive? Sure. Because I love <laughs> Ted Cord. Are you familiar with Blue Beetle or any of the incarnations? I am not. I just know uh, the symbiosis aspect of the character. I don't know anything else. So like I mentioned earlier, Jaime Reyes and the whole beetle symbiote scarab thing is a very recent um, story. I think it was all created in like 2006, but Ted Cord, the original Blue Beetle, who's just... I, I always described him as Batman with autism, which is great because <laughs> in the actual movie, he's described as Batman with ADHD. So that tells me that the director definitely understands the character. But yeah, he was created back in 1939, and he's just a rich billionaire with a suit and a bunch of tech. And he... Sick. He's I, not like Batman, right? Because Batman's a fascist. No, Batman <laughs> Batman beats someone up and tells them that they will never be able to walk again if they even decide to think about crime. Whereas <laughs> Blue Beetle gives them a lollipop and pats them on the back and says, hey, do better, man. I love that. Does he give his billions of dollars to people who actually need it to maybe prevent crime? No, he's not oh, that well, good then of a never billionaire. Mind. <laughs> But one thing that I absolutely love more than anything else about Blue Beetle is that he's best friends with Booster Gold. And I would love <gasps> to see... Really? A, because they have a lot of tie-in comics together, and it's always by the name of Blue and Gold. And I want to see a Blue and Gold movie. That's awesome. Oh, was it... This is what you told me. I think you told me this when I told you that at the end of Legends of Tomorrow, when it was supposed <laughs> to be renewed, but instead it was cancelled mercilessly, and I'll mm -hmm. never forgive the network, um, that because Booster Gold was introduced, and um, he was... Ooh, I can't he, think of names right now. He was played What's by happening? the guy in Scrubs. Yeah, but he has a name. <laughs> <sighs> Damn it. And... and, and Oh, yeah, we've talked about it before, too. Mm. Anyway, but, um, and they were like, oh, yeah, you should have the other guy from Scrubs be Blue Beetle. I think you said that. Did I? I don't remember saying that. Because they're best friends. That's because perfect. they're best friends in real life. <laughs> yeah, no. And they I... do, like, tons of, like, T-Mobile commercials together or something. <laughs> I think that would be absolutely amazing, because I was a little bit worried because I'm not sure if the Booster Gold in the new DC timeline or universe is going to be an origin story. I hope not, because I really want Ted Cord it's and Donald... Booster Gold. I got it. It's Donald Faison. Donald, Donald Faison, Faison was in uh, the last like few episodes of Legends of Tomorrow. No, like the last episode as Booster Gold. And then, and then I think it was... 
I don't remember if it was you. It might have been someone else who was like, they should have Zach Braff be Blue Beetle. That would have been so good. I would love to see Zach Braff as Blue Beetle. Like, that's a amazing casting. I think I saw well, somewhere that they Will done Wheaton... fucked it up, didn't they? The CW. <laughs> How dare you cancel Legends of Tomorrow? Could have had it kept on going. I would have kept on watching it. I watched a it few episodes after we show. talked about it. It's great. Yeah, it's you fun. should watch the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> but back to, I guess I got back to Ted Cord. Yeah, Cord. back to Ted Cord because he's just so fantastic. So we're. I was planning on talking this, talking about this after the review, but the director of Blue Beetle has talked about how he wants it to be the first of a trilogy. Now, I do not want to see this trilogy. I'm just going to go out right and say that. <laughs> I'm not really interested in seeing this or any more of it. What I am interested in is seeing where the heck Ted Cord is in time, in dimensions. I'm well, assuming I feel time. Like you would only... I feel like you would only get that answer from from a, a sequel, from a trilogy. I mean, yeah. I feel like this Blue Beetle, probably even Jaime Reyes, will never see again. But I would well, love to see all of these characters in some sort of wacky scenario trying to get Ted Cord. Maybe Booster Gold is there. Okay. Before I say what I was going to say, I want to ask you, because I don't know. Is this movie a part of john gunn james gunn john gunn. jim gunn. james gunn. i was just listening to dear john in the car so <laughs> um james gunn's uh plan for the new dc universe is this movie like i know that he was not involved in making this movie because mm. the timeline doesn't work out but um is this movie a part of his plan I have no evidence when I say this, but I can almost guarantee you that Jim Gunn saw a screener <laughs> for Blue Beetle. He thought to himself, yeah, this doesn't really affect anything in a world. Like, it doesn't change a status quo in a universe. So, sure, mm -hmm. it works. It can be in my universe. Right. But what I was going to say is, like, because James Gunn is really good at taking characters that you know have potential from terrible movies <laughs> and uh turning them into something that really really works like in the suicide squad um and even characters that people don't think have any potential like the guardians of the galaxy <laughs> like like what was it my favorite cinema uh, not cinema since my favorite um honest trailer video it's like oh you guys are obsessed with marvel well why don't we give you a movie that stars a fucking raccoon and a fucking tree <laughs> just, oh crap it made a bunch of money <laughs> yeah literally like he he and the raccoon was literally the heart of all three movies like yeah. stop if he wanted to put jaime or put blue beetle in something else or in some sort of team up or TV show or, you know, uh, give this character a, a new life, a second life, maybe even the other characters from this movie. Because I think a lot of it would have worked if it was written better. I mean, like I was saying, all of the actors were very good. It wasn't a fault of theirs at all. Um, there was a lot of heartfelt emotion there. It was just the script was not there. It wasn't it. I mean, now that you kind of say that, I'm picturing any time that I see the character Jaime Reyes in a comic, it's always as a side character or a background character, and he's just the fun teenage Spider-Man-like hero. And that can work where he's just, like, say he pops up in the Superman movie, like, I think Green Lantern and Mr. Terrific and Hot Girl Will. Like, that could work. He could just be part well, of a team. And he could be is, fun. Like, I don't know. That makes me feel sad because <laughs> he he's the first Mexican superhero to get his own movie. And that's a big deal. And that's important to a lot of people. And he should have a chance to have a better movie. Like... And it was it's directed not, with I, someone who I assumed had something to say. And that 
I guess I, I mean, wasn't the case. I don't know. I don't know anything about this director. I I don't know what else he's done. I don't even know his name. I wasn't listening when you said it. I'm gonna be honest. But <laughs> um, I just think that it would be a real shame if he doesn't get another chance in the new universe that Gunn is building, you know? Not just because this movie is bombing horribly, which I don't think it deserves to. It's not horrible, but... Well, they didn't do good advertising for this no. movie. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the At actors all. couldn't, but yeah, they... But I mean... No, putting... no, of course the actors couldn't, but there's no, like, there's but, no I mean, the social media sucked. presence. The trailers are awfully cut just like the movie i'm sorry i feel bad saying stuff like that but um you know i have opinions <laughs> and <laughs> need to get them out there yes i need to get them out out of my body they're poisoning okay <laughs> i just i don't want this to be one and done and to the studios to learn mm. from this oh people don't want mexican superheroes people want superman and people want batman and people want what they already know no that's not true okay i just want a good movie mm. and i think clearly the i mean i'm not gonna say clearly the care and budget of other dc movies wasn't put into this because the other dc movies are bad <laughs> they're terrible and it was very equal amount of attention and care seem to be put into this movie as the other ones. They're all bad. I'm sorry. Uh, we we will get into it, I'm <laughs> sure, in a later episode. Because I don't think that's true per se. Well, again. Why not? We'll, Just get into it okay, now. Okay, <laughs> we'll get into it now. I think Zack Snyder is fantastic at crafting moments. But he sacrifices story for it. Yeah, then that's not a good movie. I'm sorry. I'm someone who I don't I believe moments does not a good movie make. You need to have a story structure. You need to have compelling characters. You need to have reasons for those characters to do things. And I don't feel that when I watch Zack Snyder's movies. No, I, I pull up different scenes. I'm thinking specifically of in Batman versus Superman. Batman, when he's using his Batmobile and guns down a bunch of people like literally guns mm -hmm. them down that's bad mm -hmm. but and then the warehouse scene those are those are great scenes and moments are great but mm -hmm. that's for music videos okay <laughs> that is not for a movie a movie is not good and when you say things like oh i think there's a a, a a secret movie at the heart of this movie i totally understand what you're saying and i disagree because nah, i that... think if it's not if it's not if they don't show me what the movie is and if i don't if it's not good then it's not good like i i think i, don't know. I will stand been better. by it has potential but i will stand by when i say that there's a great movie inside some movies like quantumania and thor love and thunder there is not a good movie inside of a lot of the dc movies i'm generalizing but Zack snyder's movies Except for yeah. the five-hour cut of Justice League. That's good because it's <laughs> five hours long. It's just good because of length? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. I see what you value. I see what you value. <laughs> length, not quality. Okay. <laughs> Sometimes I just like slow-mo shots where it goes so long that you're thinking, is this still slow-mo? All right. I'm glad that my double entendre went over your head. Let's move on. Yeah. Um... <laughs> um I, you know, I think these movies that are failing, like, the the reason that all these DC movies are not hitting as well as... Because they're clearly, especially with this movie, they were clearly trying to evoke an early Marvel movie. This had all the fingerprints of, oh, um, let's make it quirky. Oh, let's make it heartfelt. Oh, let's make it... Um, Let's make it have a specific theme of family. Let's have a superhero origin story, blah, 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 blah. And it felt, it felt like they were trying to do that. But it didn't mm -hmm. feel like a Marvel movie because they weren't taking their time. They, I think it suffers from similar problems as like um, the second Shazam and uh, the Flash and mm -hmm. the the Superman versus Batman, whatever, Batman versus Superman. Or the theatrical cut of Justice League. 
I, I hadn't, I'd never even thought of it, but as soon as you said the awkward humor where it feels like it's trying to replicate Marvel, that yeah. is exactly what the theatrical cut of Justice League, like that, that's oh, you never the thought wrong of that? step. Well, no, yeah. I, I knew that that was the wrong step, but I'd never thought of that in, com in comparing it to Blue Beetle, because that's exactly oh. what Blue Beetle was doing. Yeah. It was, that's what I felt when I was watching it. I didn't, mm. I didn't, I can't think of a single joke that I laughed at. I wrote down one joke that I thought was great. And that was when one. George Lopez saw the scarab for the first time and said, is that the new Tamagotchi? <laughs> yeah, someone behind me laughed at that. And I would have laughed at that, except when he was saying that, it had already started moving and melding to <laughs> Jaime's skin. And I was like, no, George, no, Ru Rudy, no, Rudy. It's not a Tamagotchi. What is wrong with you? Um, okay, Tamagotchis wait, wait, wait. are this not that high tech. <laughs> I was like, wait, this is a thought that I had. Dur okay, because I was like, I was thinking about this. And I was like, during that scene where the scarab is melding with Jaime mm -hmm. and like tearing his body it's apart. It's horrific. It is horrific. And I was like, if this was directed by James Gunn or Sam Raimi or somebody who understood body horror or any type of horror, like this would be the scariest shit ever. But it was played for comedy and they kept cutting back to these static, weirdly angled shots of the family. And it drove me insane. Okay. And their jokes were, were too late or too quick. And I was like, stop it. This is literally terrifying. Let this like, show me a little bit more blood. Show me his screams in pain. Mm -hmm. They should be screaming because he is getting fucked up by this scarab. Yeah, when he said like, it's inside of me, it was 100% played for laughs. Whereas yeah, it that wasn't, he was like, been... oh, went up his ass. I was like, no, it clawed its way inside him, you goon. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with you? It's, I, I have the note that that is a horrific transformation, but you're right, it could have been stretched so much further and I... to just more. I loved it, okay? I love creepy, crazy stuff like that. And mm -hmm. I think it would be so interesting if you were a superhero, but every time you had to transform into your superhero version of yourself, it was fucking painful. Yeah. And it was frying your skin. Also, I didn't understand why they were doing the inside the helmet Iron Man camera shots for him. That's supposed to be melded to his skin. There's no <laughs> inside shots to see his face. That's his face. Also, like, <laughs> like on that note, I loved the practical suit, but there were some moments where he would move and you could see the folds in the suit. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I don't even know if that can be fixed because, again, I love the practical suit and the just the whole practicalness of it. Okay, but... you saying that, it reminded me of one moment that I did actually laugh in the movie, but it wasn't at a joke. <laughs> Which moment is that? <laughs> it was at the end of the last fight when, um, um, what's his name? The villain. Indestructible I... Man, even though he never goes is by that. Is that what he's called? In the comics, that's what he's called. I've only ever known him oh. by that name, but apparently he also goes by Omek, or I think he his like Olmec, last name was uh, Carapax. Yeah. Oh no, Omek wasn't Omek the tech. I don't know. I don't Very know. confusing. <laughs> um, it was the, the, an evil the, blue the... beetle. That's what they were doing. Yes. 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 The opposite of the, the the exact same tech as the hero, but as a villain, but mm -hmm. bigger. You know, it's the same yeah. as everything else. But um, <laughs> it was right um when Jaime and his sister like reunited, and then um he came up like behind them and started chasing Jaime out the building, and they went through the wall, and just the visual of that CGI man running in that suit. He looked so funny. He looked like the freaking berries and cream guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like back and forth. I lost my mind laughing. At the end, when he got the full Olmec armor, he looked very much Hulkbuster, just a head floating on mm -hmm. some really weird looking CG. It was just not it. It no, wasn't it. I'm it sorry. It. I liked his character, and I thought they could have used way more foreshadowing for his mom or just the locket that he always carries 
Because that, Mm -hmm. I would go as far as to say, is great. But again, I just needed to see more of it to actually feel a connection to that. Because I didn't feel a connection. But I thought it was good narrative. If the movie, instead of exploring Jaime and his family, was just exploring the dynamic between Susan Sarandon's character and uh, Caramax, is that Carapax. his name? Carapax. Carapax, whatever. Between the <laughs> two of them, if that was just the movie, I would be hooked. I would be mm-hmm. sold. That's such an interesting dynamic. And not that the Jaime stuff is uninteresting, but... You know, we've already talked about how we feel about this movie. And mm-hmm. if it was a completely different movie, I would want them to, uh, like, oh, just imagine, just put it in your mind for a second. If, um, if Susan Sarandon's character, um, and this guy, like the the Blue Beetle, chose him, and after all of that history that they had together, like, what would, uh, what would she do to him? How would he keep it a secret from her? You know, that kind of thing. That would be interesting, you know? That, that I'm sorry, I'm making fantastic. A, yeah. <laughs> I'm making a completely different movie here, and that's not what I came to do. But <laughs> But yeah, Mr. Carmex, I thought he was a good character. I just wish I don't know I don't know if more focus mode would have fixed it, but No, 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 no. Definitely not in this movie. No, I'm no. saying that would that that's a completely different no. idea. <laughs> completely different someone write that as a fan fiction that would be cool but (laughs) um no this movie definitely don't give him more focus that would that's not what this movie needed no and i'm not sure what the movie needed again there's a lot of good stuff i liked uh kaji the scarab i liked Mm -hmm. uh george lopez rudy i liked the suit the horrific transformation i thought there was one really good sweeping shot when Jaime goes to save his family and he's fighting all those cops. And it's just like this one long take where it goes back mm-hmm. and forth. I thought that shot was spectacular. But those are some of the few exceptions in just this so-so-ness of the movie. Like, I just, I wish there was more subtlety. I wish there was more good to come from this. Yeah. Um... I had something to say about the the previews <laughs> <laughs> to the movie today. <laughs> um, um, I saw the new Dune trailer, uh, and that looked really, really good. I was so excited. Mm-hmm. I was pumped, right? And then right after following the Dune trailer was a Wonka trailer. <laughs> and I wrote down the note. Hold on. Let me, let me pull it up. I want to say exactly <laughs> what I wrote down. Word for word. Yeah, word for word. Okay, I wrote this while I was watching <laughs> the Wonka trailer, and I spelled some things wrong, but I'm going to read it exactly how I spelled it, okay? It's kind of sad watching the Willy Winks trailer right after the Dune Part 2 trailer, because Timmy's performance in Dune looks really intriguing and passionate, and his one in Wonka seems like he is one of those plastic Tim Allens from the second Santa Claus movie. <laughs> now, I... <laughs> I am laughing, but I want the listeners to be clear. I am still hopeful for Wonka to be great, and I think Timothy Chalamet will do great in it. I, I'm not hating on Timmy, guys. I'm not hating on the Chalamet, on the Chal. I don't know what his nickname is anymore. Timothy Chalamet. <laughs> right? I'm not hating, okay? I like him. I like every movie he's been in so far. But the trailers for Wonka are not doing him any justice. And the rest of that movie looks fine. It looks mm, interesting I think enough. it'll be wholesome. I think it'll be wholesome too. I just am not vibing with his performance. <laughs> he feels like a plastic Santa Claus, okay? Go back and watch Santa Claus 2 and tell me that's not him. <laughs> anyway, with that being said, let's move on to the consumption corner. Where Sasha, are you starved? Corner. I'm so starved. I've never been full. I've never been more starved in my life, Max. Uh, but let's I'm, start with you. What are you? Yeah, I'm. Consuming? I'm actually pretty full because I brought too many recommendations. I think I might save okay. a couple for next week because uh, I'll say my first one is I'm finally getting to the Bear season two, and that ah! is. Oh my god. It's stressful I have as hell, to start it. it is great. I have to start it. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> yeah, you need to watch The Bear. 
fantastic. No, I know. <laughs> okay, what else? Um, I am also planning on finishing and maybe even reviewing at a future episode. Um, we might have an animation extravaganza because I've been watching My Adventures with Superman, and mm. with seeing it coming to a close. And there's two more episodes, but it is doing pretty good. I'm liking mm -hmm. it so far. But Sasha, um, what what mm. have you been consuming? I got a couple more, but we can trade I, I, off. I, we'll trade off. I love that we're sticking to this consuming theme. It's really, it's really funny. Uh, <laughs> I, th I said it once and I just can't stop saying it. I like it. I like it. Every time you say it, I picture myself as a Dickensian street urchin dying of consumption. <laughs> Eating a uh, DVD. <laughs> exactly. What's that? What's a DVD, Max? No. Uh, <laughs> um, I... You know this because you forced me to do it. I have just finished Owl House, the the <laughs> animated show. Um, absolutely incredible. One of the best animated shows I've ever seen in my life. Highly recommend. We will be covering it in another episode, yep. probably in our animation extravaganza. Um, it is uh, quintessential viewing for yeah. anyone. I adore it. I will be rewatching it. Um, this is what uh, brought on the idea of the animation extravaganza because I recommended mm -hmm. this show to you what last week, yeah. And I thought you would like it. I did not think you would like it this much because again, you I have finished it. I consumed it. I finished it. I beat you. You haven't. Even <laughs> yeah, I haven't. It. I haven't watched season three yet, which season is only three only th episodes. It's only three episodes. Get yeah. on it. Okay? I looked it up, which and I was like, crime. wait, there's only three. What is going on here? Okay, they're, crime, they're an hour but... long. But we'll 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 talk about it another okay. time. Um, I uh, as I said last time, I did indeed uh, do what I said. I am a woman of my word, listeners. <laughs> um, I watched the newly released Red, White, and Royal Blue movie. Mm -hmm. Um, and my mama told me if I have nothing nice to say, don't say anything at all. So I will not be speaking. Um, Even though we did the... just talk about Blue Beetle. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> except for the fact that I am a huge fan of the Red, White, and Royal Blue book. Uh, I adore the book. Uh, it's one of my favorite books of all time. I have a first edition copy. I'm, I've probably told you that before. And, and um, the movie has uh, made me want to reread the book so i'm i am rereading the book i'm halfway through it i read it all through the hurricane yesterday uh, <laughs> oh see when you were yeah. talking about it i thought it would be on the line of a heart stoppers and i was even thinking of watching it but i do not plan to okay um yes i sent you something i sent you my rant <laughs> which you should watch uh because i made a rant while watching it um I, I don't have the time to get into it now because it just makes me angry. But, <laughs> um, you know, for anyone who has read the book or seen the movie, I, I feel actually I kind of feel insane because everyone online who I've seen react to this movie loves it. And I'm really? like, what? Why? Why do you love it? Please tell me because <laughs> I don't. I've, I've seen it twice. I saw it as a screener months ago right before it was finished and it was all weird and <laughs> and the the cgi was even worse than it ended up being in the movie which is which that's talent right there okay <laughs> it was really bad in the movie <laughs> oh god um uh and why does there need to be cgi i don't know yeah it is a not a cgi it is love a story um <laughs> anyway uh, yeah um, I, I feel like I'm out of, my, out of my mind because everyone online loves it. And they're like, I'm crying watching it. It's so good. And I'm like, am I dead inside? I hated it. It made me want to die. <laughs> um, but I love the book and I'm rereading the book. So that's something I'm doing. I'm also about to start the bear. So. <laughs> yes. Watch the bear. I, I got... A couple more. I'll, I'll say them both because one is only half because I've tried to start watching Star Wars Rebels and oh, I we've talked about this because Ahsoka's coming out next week. Mm-hmm. Gotta catch up to Ahsoka. And I 
have now decided that I'm just going to watch the episodes, like the finales and the Ahsoka episodes and the, you know, the one with Darth Vader and Tarkin yeah. or not you Tarkin, what? What, what, whatever his face is. Was it Thrawn? Tar- it wasn't Tarkin? No, Thrawn. Thrawn. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it wasn't Tarkin. Um, <laughs> They're both the you same know what? guy. I don't blame you, okay? Because Clone Wars and Rebels are hard shows to watch every episode of. They really are. And I loved I watching haven't. Clone Wars as a kid. And I will say that show, not good. Just watch no. certain arcs that the internet tells you to because that's how you watch the it. arcs are good that's how i watched it okay i tried to watch every episode and i, I got to like the second season and i was like mm-hmm. i'm gonna die i can't do it um so i just watched the good arcs and then obviously the last season and that's amazing um mm-hmm. but yeah the but yeah I'll... no rebel it's hard it's hard it's, i don't it's a kid you. show and the animation kind of throws me off because I don't really like it. And the thin lightsabers really throw me off, even though it's a direct, uh, you know, link to the original Ralph McQuarrie concept designs. I, I get it. I don't like it, though. Well, I don't buy It's a Kid's Show as an excuse because there are great kid shows like Owl House. Anyways. And yeah, we'll talk about it soon. There's a lot of really good kid shows. I just yes. recommended My Adventures with Superman too. But yes. we can close off this podcast with my last recommendation because it kind of ties into Blue Beetle loosely in that it is bombing horribly and I do not think it deserves to. And Ooh, that is what? The Last Voyage of the Demeter. I think it is a I've... very... I'm not going to say fantastic, but it is a competently made horror movie, and I liked it. I've literally never heard of that. What is that? Really? (laughs) Yeah. Okay, so The Last Voyage of the Demeter is based off of a very short chapter of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Oh, it's the Dracula thing. Okay, see, I knew that was coming out, but I had no idea what the name was. I didn't know that was the name. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Okay. It's got a bunch of different names in different countries, one of which is like actually mm. Dracula. But yeah, yeah I it, heard that one. It's not fantastic, but it's pretty good. And I would recommend okay. giving it a watch, especially considering that it's not making enough money. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I do want to say something I'm looking forward to. It hasn't come okay. out yet, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, the comedy Bottoms is dropping pretty soon. It's going to be I've out heard in about theaters. That one. I've heard such good things. I've heard people say it's like their favorite movie of 2023, and that's okay. crazy to me. Yeah, so a lot I of good stuff came it. out. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's starring the same. Uh, it's uh, starring one of the guys who was in the Red, White, Royal Blue movie. <laughs> um, so let's hope that I like him in a different movie. <laughs> was he at least charismatic in it? His acting was not the one I had a problem with. I'll okay. say that. <laughs> That's good. If we want to have an episode, it would be less of an episode of the two of us talking and more of an episode mm. of me talking and you saying mm-hmm a lot. But <laughs> I mean, that's if a, we I, wanted to do that, I would save it for that. But That is more know. than okay because I feel like we're going to have a lot of episodes like that. <laughs> But definitely, definitely any of the D- most of the DC comic episodes will be me going, mm-hmm, while you just go <laughs> mm-hmm. on. And I was like, so there's this character and, and he did this thing and he was made back in the 20s. So he's actually pretty cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> and with that, this has been a Tabagachi podcast. <laughs>